CES is about to get underway. Welcome back to Textination. I'm Fred Fishkin. And joining us is Brian Comiskey, Senior Manager of Industry Intelligence for the Consumer Technology Association. Great to see you, Brian. Great to be here, Fred. Well, let's talk about some of the headlines that, uh, that uh, you have here. Taking a look at where we are today and maybe a look at where we might be in 2022. You've been taking a look at that. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think really in the last few years, right, we've seen this great push to digital during COVID-19, right? The pandemic has fundamentally altered the operation of enterprises and how consumers navigate their daily lives. So consequently, these changes are poised to mature and evolve as we enter the new year. Really, what we're talking about is a deepening of the digital economy. And at CES 2022, we're going to see a variety of innovations and new products that address the growing need for more efficient remote work options, more efficient online learning options, as well as tools that allow us to engage more digitally with one another. So we've seen so much of it, uh, everyone uh, from uh, older adults to, to kids having to use tools like Zoom and, and buying new PCs and, and such and other, and other devices to help them stay connected. So have we, have we reached the, the peak of that or is that something that's going to grow and, and be with us for a long, long time? That's something that's really only going to continue to grow over the next few years. And, and I think it's great to just kind of jump into a word that we've already started hearing a little bit of with Facebook changing their name to Meta. But the rise in the metaverse, right, is probably going to be the next evolution of what we're seeing in terms of this connection via hardware devices, as well as software technologies like Zoom, which we're using right now to engage and interact with one another. Let's take a step back a little bit, though, and talk about really what the metaverse is, right? At its core, it represents the next generation of the internet, which combines VR, AR, and other various technologies to create a shared digital universe. At the end of the day, it's going to go from us talking and seeing each other on each other's screens right now to feeling as if we're in the same digital environs. Um, so what's going to be exciting about CES is you're going to see all the various approaches that companies are going to be taking to usher in this next generation of the internet. And if I may, there, I'll highlight three of them really quickly. There's the hardware approach. I think a lot of people think of this, right, as strictly AR, VR headsets, um, which are great. But much of the that focus and AR and VR headsets are going to be seeing a growth of 46% at a compound annual rate um, in terms of headset shipments per our last industry forecast at CTA. But the metaverse can be accessed via other hardware gateways and smartphones in particular are going to be very crucial for at augmented reality apps. And Samsung, who's going to be at the show, is going to be displaying, I'm sure, some of their innovations in the smartphone space. Beyond hardware, you have the software-based approaches, right? So a lot of people think of video game systems like Fortnite as these digital sort of environments. But you're going to have companies like Snap, who will be at CES, where they've pivoted their lens technology from simply being filters for photos in, in their application to allowing you to do a digital wardrobe and try on clothes. They have a partnership with Gucci now that will allow you to try on um, some of that, uh, some of the wardrobe items there. And then finally, the third base approach is going to be crypto based. Uh, what's exciting about CES 2022 this year is we're going to have our new digital assets exhibit at C Space at the Aria, which will feature things like cryptocurrency, 
non-fungible tokens or NFTs, as well as other blockchain-based technologies that are going to be the core of powering the economy of this digital environment alongside real-world currencies. So really what we're going to see here is this popularization of the blockchain and crypto and Atomic Form and FTX are going to be some key exhibitors to watch at CES 2022 in that space. This really is a, a major shift. It's almost like a different language that you're talking about today when you talk about the metaverse and the cryptocurrencies. It's, it's all brand new to so many people. So explain to them why there shouldn't be maybe a, a fear of this or, or deepen their our understanding of what this is all about. Ultimately, I think the metaverse is about connection at the end of the day. And, and I don't think that's anything to fear. An example I really like to use is how Skype has evolved with the internet over the years. If you recall, when you first were using any sort of you know, online-based calling, it was you bought your hardware accessory for your laptop of a microphone, right? That has emerged to where you can see the person you're talking to on screen while talking to them over the internet. That's improved to being, you know, there's less buffering now. It's a lot more um, seamless when you do these calls. The next stage of the metaverse is when you're calling a loved one uh, across the internet like this, you're going to feel like you're in the same room with them, not just because you have the rendering of a digital environment around you, but you have advancements. There's a company called um, OWO that's going to be at CES 2022. They're developing a haptic vest. So this is a vest that allows you to feel sensation based on a digital experience. So imagine this to the logical extent of the Skype example, right? Imagine being able to wear some sort of haptic um, technology while on a call, and you can now feel the hug of a loved one from thousands of miles away. So to me, it's all about just connection. And if anything we've learned in this pandemic, when folks have been separated or, or isolating, we, we're human beings, we crave social interaction. So I think the metaverse is really just the logical next step to help really continue to bridge that no matter where we are. Now, CES has always been a place to go to for gee whiz stuff. <laughs> The, the things that exactly. really open your eyes. And of course, you know, there's an impact this year still where we're dealing with the pandemic, but uh, it is taking place in person. There'll be plenty of stuff on online as, as well. What are some of the other eye-catching technologies that uh, you can highlight for us? Yeah, of course. Well, I, I think we all know that CES historically has been a terrific place to see auto innovation, right? But CS2022, I think, is going to be more than a global auto show. It's going to really describe and display just the future of mobility. And that's, that future is smart and electric. Um, and we'll start with electric first, right? So I think we saw in previous um, CESs, as well as even on digital CES last year in 2021, an unveiling of more and more companies going into electric vehicle models. And so that electrification momentum is only going to increase in CES 2022. And we're going to see a, a variety of exhibitors display that. And one I'd like to call out is actually a company called Binfast. This is Vietnam's first automotive company. And they're coming to the United States to unveil three new, uh, all brand new EV cars that will be sold in the US market. So that's something that will be an exciting reveal um, at the show. Smart mobility is another element that'll be exciting, right? So when I talk, say smart mobility, I'm talking about autonomous vehicles, right? The ability to see the entire display chain from the sensors that take in the inputs that allow for autonomous movement to the LIDAR technologies that allow cars to perceive 
traffic as well as their environs to power autonomous motion. And finally, the cars themselves, right? Um, and so Luminar Technologies, who's going to be at the show, is going to be showcasing their partnership with Volvo. It's, a con it's called Operation Recharge. And this is the integration of Luminar's Iris LiDAR system into the roof line of the new Volvo electric vehicles, right? So you're seeing this beautiful synthesis of autonomous vehicle with electric vehicles on display. And beyond just the consumer use case, because I think a lot of people, when they think self-driving cars, right? They're thinking, oh, like when I'm going to the store, I, I, I can you know, use autopilot mode and, and enjoy my ride to the school or the grocery store. But CES is gonna showcase how uh, autonomous vehicles could really address a lot of our 21st century logistics issues, right? We have ongoing constraints in the global supply chain right now, right? We have a lack of drivers in some cases, we have other bottlenecks in supply chain and so companies are going to focus on building resilience. And some of that will come into play with some of the companies displaying their self-driving freight trucks. Too Simple will be at CES 2022 this year. And they just announced that they completed their first successful driverless um, demo on a public road between Phoenix and Tucson yesterday. So we're seeing this company coming off a major win at CES 2022, talking about how they're going to display some really cutting-edge solutions for for mobility. And finally, you'll have some really cool next mile solutions. So think e-bikes, e-scooters, right? That will get folks in that sort of last mile of their, of their commute, especially in urban areas. And so at West Plaza, we're gonna see the e-mobility experience, which is a test track that will allow uh, uh, attendees to try out various e-scooter and e-bike models. And finally, I'd be remiss if I did not mention urban air mobility. So. These are the electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicles or the flying, flying cars. cars. Here we go. <laughs> yep. And so ASCA um, will be there displaying their ASCA 3.0 uh, EVOTL. So that will be an exciting way to see how these urban solutions might power new urban air fleets that can really solve congestion problems in urban areas. I know AARP and, and others are also going to be showcasing technology that helps older adults uh, stay independent for longer. That's uh, one of the, one of the key areas, and combat uh, the loneliness epidemic. Exactly, it, it fits right into this in this model, right? We're talking about the digital economy, and and when you say that, again, I, I pivot back to the connection part of the metaverse, and then the other angle with AARP's showcase, right? These major advancements allowing uh, older Americans to live independently, as you said really speaks to digital health as a whole at CES 2022, right? So CES 2022 is gonna showcase how continued advancements in the digital health, as well as the wellness spaces, are empowering more consumers to ease, uh, or to better control their own healthcare outcomes, right? With higher degrees of accessibility, intelligent solutions that provide real-time health data, right? Because when you think about it, it's not just older Americans, many Americans across all age groups uh, manage chronic conditions on a daily basis and digital health devices allow for greater ease of use once people have been introduced to their ecosystem and in some ways can lower costs to managing these conditions. And so telemedicine, which really blossomed during the pandemic, you're going to see that ecosystem really increase. Uh, people are, it's not just, you know, seeing your primary care anymore. You're seeing telehealth mental services. You're seeing veterinary services pivot to, uh, to telemedicine solutions, as well as even teledentistry, right? So it's a, this 
maturing and deepening ecosystem. And then remote-based care solutions are only getting better. So Essence, who will be at CS 2022, is going to be showcasing their, infra, uh, their Internet of Things-based remote patient monitoring system. So it's a variety of different uh, devices that can give real-time feedback on health conditions to your healthcare provider, right? So that there's a constant sense of comfort around managing these uh, conditions. So that's really exciting about the show. And, and I'm really, I'm really um, fascinated by what we're gonna see when some of the, the bigger reveals come out. In the field of home entertainment, so many of us have uh, turned our attention to watching and sh streaming and binge watching different programs and movies at home. And of course, the consumer electronics companies always use CES as a showcase for like the next generation. And we're, we're so far past 4k now. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to be showing, but it, it, it gets to be really remarkable, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I think what we're going to see is a continued advancement in display technologies. LG is going to be there. They've already been showcasing some of their new transparent OLED solutions, which are just really pushing forward the space. Um, in terms of transparency, the ability to have new use cases for TVs. So when you think transparent OLEDs, these are going to be just more advanced uh, beyond just the home use case, more advanced store solutions in terms of display. But Samsung is certainly going to be availing some new um, hardware that will uh, advance the display resolution with their quantum dot technology and, and likely a, their own push into OLED. But you've highlighted also at the beginning of your statement the software approach, right? A lot of people were streaming. A lot of people were taking advantage of the abundance of content that's now available and easy to access options um, across a variety of streaming platforms. We've seen only a, an increase in that space. And Warner Media is going to be at C Space at the Aria and Tech South at the show. And they're going to be a fascinating exhibitor to watch to see how they talk about their own strategy moving forward. Because we've seen this past year, they've, they've done a, a hybrid strategy where they've been jointly releasing movies and theaters as well as at home. The Matrix Resurrections being the latest uh, to follow that uh, in the last few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, plot their way forward uh, as we enter a more new normal or figure out what um, the post-pandemic world looks like as we move into 2022. And so that will be exciting to see. And they also just recently had a, merge, a consolidation with, um, with uh, Discovery. So we might see some more news about what that will look like and what that could mean for the space overall for streaming. You, we might be on the verge of seeing some more consolidations and more partnerships. You know, you mentioned the supply chain issues that the industry has been facing so difficult combined with the, with the pandemic. There's a relationship obviously there. Mm -hmm. But this is really a story of, of resilience and continuing the innovation throughout all of this. Even with all of this going on, we're seeing so many exciting new technologies emerge. Yeah, I think what's very clear about it, right? I mentioned the 21st century logistics model. We have two simple. There's also even a Russian company, Evo Cargo, that will be at CES showcasing self-driving freights, right? Or these autonomous technologies and supply chain. But you're also going to see these changes at, at the smaller level. So um, we know that some of uh, the innovators in sensor are moving from analog sensors, which in a lot of devices, when you're talking chips and sensors, you might need multiple different varieties of chips just to power one object. So a car could take 
you know, four to five sensors for a particular output. So, you know, I need for a rear backup camera, I need all these different sensor inputs and it might take five analog sensors. We're starting to see some of the exhibitors and some of the players in the space shift to a digital model. And by going to digital sensors, you only need one sensor to conduct this output versus five. So think about what that means from one, uh, just how much more efficient you can build the vehicle, right? Or build a technology that can have these capabilities. But what that means for the chip shortage, right? We, we've been in a sustained uh, global uh, chip and semiconductor shortage for some time. We luckily did see some relief with uh, some inventory growth over the last few years. And we've seen even the idea of solutions on the table for building more foundries, building more um, fabrication uh, locations to allow for more chips to be built. But that can take three to five years to build. So what are companies doing in the short term? And so these digital sensor solutions are things that are happening here and now. Um, there's a Dutch company, Naui, that uh, will be at the Netherlands Pavilion at CES. They're an innovation award winner. They're building more efficient chips that allow for more effective energy management. So we're talking sustainability now within our more resilient chip system. So this is uh, an area that I'd like to pay keen attention to because think about how much, the ch- how much the chip market in itself and the supply chain issues around that impact a variety of technologies like robotics, AI, and others. So to see innovations that provide near-term and medium-run solutions rather than just long-term at CES is going to be a wonderful display of the power of innovation at the show. Any thoughts or predictions about which companies or technologies are going to capture the biggest headlines here? Um, so I, I can think of a few that, and I'll say this comes right, this is my opinion in some ways, but I, and I think uh, it will underscore it, but Sierra Space is gonna be there showcasing the Dream Chaser Space Shuttle. Uh, this is the first time space technology will be a featured exhibit at uh, CES. And so we're talking a full-size space shuttle is gonna be on display over uh, outside of the convention center. So really looking forward to that because let's be honest, we, we think when we look, when you look up, right, you marvel at the expanses of the universe in a way when you look at the stars, or at least I do. And to see the technological advancements that are gonna be on display there, um, as well as uh, Zero G will be another exhibitor at Space Tech. We're gonna see, you know, probably likely some life vests or life support system advancements. So Space Tech, I'm sure is gonna be a showstopper. Another one that comes to mind is Beyond Honeycomb. They're gonna be debuting their AI robotic kitchen. So we're talking, it is a kitchen that will take sensor input to learn a recipe uh, that you provide it. The AI machine learning algorithms will then build out how to execute it. And the robotic kitchen itself will then just build out your, your kitchen model. And maybe that's not gonna be the, consumer's kitchen for the future, but that could be a very realistic use case for enterprise kitchens. There's the rising popularity of ghost kitchens that allow companies and and entrepreneurs to provide their recipes at a quicker clip without necessarily having to have a restaurant space. Instead, they can have either a food truck or a a trailer-based kitchen. So Beyond Honeycomb is going to be something very exciting to witness. And finally, uh, the last one is the Indy Autonomous Challenge. Um, I'm a big motorsports fan, big Formula One fan, um, as, and I like IndyCar. So we're gonna see in a, a race between autonomous IndyCar vehicles um, on uh, the Friday of the show, on the 7th. So I'm really looking forward 
to uh, catching that at the uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And these aren't remote controlled cars, right? This is this is no, the cars these are with their technology built, racing each other. Yeah, they are fully built by teams of engineers, mostly university based, if I recall correctly. And they're going to be showcasing uh, really what uh, how autonomous vehicles have have really taken a leap forward in their technology. They've already done some races previously, so excited to see it hopefully in person uh, uh, next week. I, I want to make sure I, I'm something I'm going to be punching my ticket to get to. So tell us where people can go to to follow along and and, and catch all the headlines. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, so ces.tech certainly is a great place to see exhibitors, uh, what the conference speaking uh, sessions are going to be across the board. If you're attending, make sure you register there, as well as download the CES 22 mobile app. Beyond that, um, I would say follow the hashtag CES 2022 on Twitter, uh, and you'll certainly see some tremendous conversation there. I know I'll be, as I see products and cool exhibits, I'll be pushing out um, some of those alerts via social media. So but CES.tech is going to be your home and hub for anything CES related. Terrific. Brian Comiskey, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Of course. Thank you so much, Fred. It was lovely to be here. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio. And that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions, too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.